our Tech Check Plus live stream interview. I'm so excited to be joined now by Meta's Chief Diversity Officer, Maxine Williams. Maxine, thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So Maxine, you just unveiled the report, the annual report um, that goes through some of your progress uh, in the diversity space and the DEI space at the company. Give us the top line results. What kind of progress have you seen in the past year? The top line is that we are a remarkably more diverse, more inclusive and more equitable company today than we were even five years ago. So for instance, three years ago, we set a five-year goal to double the number of women at the company globally, to double the number of black people in the US, to double the number of Hispanic people in the US. And we've now beat that goal two years ahead of time. We also set goals to increase the number of people of color in leadership. And for as an example, uh, we said we would increase by 30% over five-year period. We are now at 44% increase in Black leadership alone within the first two or three years of setting that goal. So what you're seeing in the report is a lot of progress in every category that we measure. One of the ones that you know people tend to talk less about, but it's something I feel deeply passionate about, is how many people with disabilities work at Meta. I think if the world knew how many people build these amazing products who are people who live with disabilities, it would change how they see these people. It would change the stigma, the stereotypes. And we've seen since we've been focused on this an increase from 3.9% people mm -hmm. identifying to 6.2%. So you're just seeing much more diversity. And the point of that is to have enough people with different perspectives and backgrounds and ideas who can build the products that our diverse consumers, that the people who use our products want to use. And there's certainly been so much data about the value of diversity. Um, one question I have is even as you, you make progress and you hit some of these goals, when you look at the tech workforce itself, that is where there are still major gaps. I mean, for instance, in your 22, uh, 20, 2022 report, only 2.4% of the tech workforce is black. And yes, there's been small progress, but this is still a massive gap in terms of representation. How much more room do you see that you have left to go, especially when it comes not only to these non-tech roles where there's been more progress, but to the tech roles in particular? Yeah, we, we just keep pushing. So the room is there if we see that in the whole ecosystem, there is more opportunity for people. So what we try to do is on our hiring, we create systems where people have equal opportunity, where we deliberately look for the people who have the skills we need, the technical skills we need, who are underrepresented people. We partner with universities, with historically black students to get more people into our internships so we can grow them. And then on the retention side, which is part of what goes in, that's one of the inputs for representation. We work hard to weed bias out of the system so everybody is properly evaluated, they get the support they need and they can perform. So it's a whole ecosystem where we continue to invest, but we are seeing the progress. So we started off with 1%, right? <laughs> And you can't change where you start, but you can change where you're going. So to get to 2.4 on a denominator, which means the size of our population is massively different from where it was in 2014 when we started. It's thousands and thousands more people. So even as you look at the percentages, when you think about the absolute progress, 
it's there and we're just getting better at executing against those strategies to increase representation. So here's a question. So there's still a lot of work left to do, especially around things such as, as you mentioned, you know, in increasing the diversity of your tech workforce. But now you're in a tougher position to make that progress because in years past, Facebook, Meta were growing so quickly, adding so many new employees every year that you could really um, focus hiring on diversity and could change the numbers. Now you're in a different position in that, you know, Meta has said that you are slowing hiring, certain divisions are gonna be doing layoffs, and that puts you in a much tougher division to try to drive meaningful gains in diversity. How are you reckoning uh, with that challenge? Well, I, I would say it was always something you had to put real hard focus on because it was never a given. So it's just that the challenges change. But it's always been the case that we had to have the recruitment or the hiring efforts and the retention and promotion and development ones. And at different times, you may see the balance change because just because you had a lot of jobs didn't mean that everybody wanted to come and work for us, right? There was always competition. You had to make sure you were the type of place that people wanted to come and do their best work. Where I think we are now is actually somewhat in a little better position because we have strategies in place, because it's part of the muscle, it's part of the priority that we all have at the company. And so ironically, we kind of know how to do it better now, and it's more on everyone's radar. So what we will hope is that the strategies we put in place will continue to drive progress, even as across the industry, you see some challenges that we haven't had to grapple with before. Well, but the fact that you're not going to be doing aggressive hiring, um, at least not in the near term, doesn't that just limit your ability to change the numbers? I mean, yes, obviously, all the policies you have in place around retention are, are key, but you're going from a phase, and by the way, all of the tech companies right now are going from a phase of aggressive hiring to stopping hiring and layoffs. So it's a, it, it, it sort of makes it impossible for you to meaningfully change the numbers in, in at least the next year, I would expect. Yeah, look, it's a challenge. It's a different landscape. But at the same time, for instance, there are new opportunities. We didn't have the opportunity for so much remote work before. We now have 75% of our teams distributed. And we have already seen that with remote options, women, people of color, people with disabilities, veterans, they're more likely to choose the remote option. So that has given us more opportunity that we didn't have before. I would say right now we're in a period of learning. It is definitely a new phase and we're figuring out what we need to do in order to keep the progress growing with these different challenges. You mentioned remote work, and that really was one of the key headlines of your report. This idea that remote work has really changed the game when it comes to, to hiring diversity. Explain to us why you think that's the case. I think it's because now people can do their best work from where is best for them. They can choose to remain in their communities. From a diversity perspective, we've always been very concerned about bringing people out of their communities, where they feel belonging, where they have support systems. You know, I've met people who are people with disabilities who say, I have what I need here. To pick up and move there would be very difficult and challenging. And it impacts not just recruitment, but retention as well. And so giving people the opportunity to do the work that they want to do, to build the things they want to build from the places they want to be, creates an opportunity where we don't have to depend on the diversity of the area around our headquarters. We now have such a bigger landscape to play in. So it really has been an advantage for us.
And I, I, I need to correct myself. Meta has not announced any layoffs. Many other tech companies in the space have announced layoffs. And there has been a broader conversation about pulling back on hiring um, and, and slowing recruiting, you know, not just at Meta, but around uh, the whole tech ecosystem there. So just a correction there. No, no layoffs announced at Meta. But I do think that that same issue holds is if you're not aggressively hiring, if you're not adding 30,000 people in a year or some of these, you know, some years you've added so many new employees, it does make it harder to shift the percentages. Um, it sounds like remote work has been a game changer, um, but I'm wondering how you think about the sort of the competitive landscape. Meta's had to, to reckon with some negative headlines in recent years, and also this change of what Meta is about. You know, you, you renamed the company, you shifted focus. Has that changed your ability to recruit and or compete with, with some of the other tech giants? You know, I think people have been really excited about the change. Uh, and when I say the change, it's really a development. So it's moving from the way we connected people before in two dimensions to connecting people and giving them more presence in three dimensions in the metaverse. And as an innovation company, as a tech company, a product company, what we've seen is people excited to be on that journey, to contribute to that. So it has been a boon, if anything, uh, that we are continuing to innovate. And the what it can deliver is something that people like me, ironically, I feel like the metaverse is being built for me, for somebody who had to leave their community for a job, had to leave for education. And the idea that we can build the products that people can now feel more present and receive the experiences where they want to be is something that people throughout the interviewing process, recruitment have been saying they're really excited about. So while you're right, there's intense competition for the type of talent we seek, we think that this has been something that has, again, given us a little bit of an advantage uh, if you are somebody who is interested in like building for the future. The innovation of the metaverse, we talk about it a lot. Um, and a question there about competition. You know, I know the competition for Silicon Valley talent is always intense. Now you mentioned the advantage of competing for tech talent all around the world, all around the country, not being limited to Silicon Valley has been a big advantage when it comes to diversity. But there's also just this question of competition for talent in general. IBM just made some comments in its earnings about inflationary pressures when it comes to paying uh, their employees. And I'm wondering if you're seeing the combination, the, the combination of all these factors putting inflationary pressure on your competition for talent. Do you feel like it's more expensive now than ever to compete for the top talent? It is, what is happening in the world now is creating some challenges that all of us are grappling with. And so whether it's inflation or whether it's the impact of the war or whether it is the still lingering impact of COVID, I feel like for the last couple of years, we've just been like deep in analysis and response and recovery. And so I wouldn't say that because we always pay at top of market, because we provide such amazing benefits, I think that we've always been in a privileged position to be able to attract the type of talent that we want who wants to do the best work. Yeah, well, certainly um, you've been making progress and still in some of these categories, a lot of work left to go, but it sounds like you are focused on driving that change. The whole annual diversity report is up online um, at Meta's website. And I encourage all of our viewers to go and check it out. Really interesting conversation, particularly important to focus on how uh, remote work is, is sort of contributing to the ability to drive that change. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us, Maxine. Really appreciate it. This has been a Tech Tech Plus live stream. I'm Julia Borg.